With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. It's the Monaco Grand Prix edition. So that's why Tommy has got two thumbs up and he's given you a wave as well. He's very exciting. Of course, Tommy, the founder of WTF1. Please put your gun down. And Katie, <laughs> the WTF1 editor. Obviously, I'm talking about Tommy and my contractual agreement to say he's the founder. Not my guns. <laughs> uh, to be fair, have you been working out? Anyway, welcome. <laughs> welcome to everybody. Monica, that? of course, Tommy's very excited and very excited to say as well, this is the first ever WTF1 live podcast for our Team WTF1 members. So if you hadn't heard, we've launched Team WTF1, which has given you more exclusive access to, to us, unfortunately, but also loads of other things, extra content uh, in real life opportunities and whatnot. If you want to find out more, then click the link in the description below and then you can get involved maybe next time for the live podcast. But everybody that's watching right now, welcome. It's going to be awesome. Right. Three word race reviews. Let's get into this Monaco Grand Prix. Leo underscore Whiten says best Monaco podium. Pedro JP Davis, TV director Clueless and Tristan 1812. Vettel is back. I have to agree with the uh, the Monaco. Well, not the best Monaco podium because someone didn't start the race. Uh, TV director, I absolutely agree with. And Vettel is back. All right. He's had a good race. Let's, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's Monaco, but he did he did have an amazing race, uh, didn't he, guys? Yeah, it was nice to have him back. Uh, nice for yeah, nice to see Aston Martin up there. They were had both cars in the points, right? Which was yeah. only other than Red Bull, uh, which was quite a surprise to say they've had a bit of a a shock of the season. But yeah, it's great to have Vettel back up there because it feels like a long time. Exactly. I think even if you're not a massive Vettel fan, all us F1 fans have a small place in our hearts for Sebastian Vettel. So to see him do well after a few shocking years is very nice. But like you say, it was probably a little bit of luck with Monaco and not being able to overtake and stuff. But hey, we'll take it. We'll take anything uh, that Monaco gave us, really, because you know, <laughs> as much as I did come into the podcast uh, last week, was it last week's podcast? No, yeah. this podcast, technically, yeah. uh, the preview, basically, to Monaco. And I was like, you know what? I'm excited. And qualifying delivered. Absolutely. Ferrari came out of nowhere really quick and had that spicy action. And then, of course, Leclerc crashed at the end, which kind of ruined a lot of the sort of the climax to that to that whole qualifying session. But um, the race, I really had to dig deep. Uh, at, at times because that there's still that element of not much <laughs> going on on track <laughs> but i feel like i've grown as a person to understand that monaco exists for a, a reason other than pure overtaking action and i can accept the beauty of monaco and the challenge that the drivers have the problem i think for me is that the drivers aren't really actually going 100 percent either and that's down to the tires and trying to make the strategies work and whatnot if they were going full pedal to the metal having to absolutely whack away every single lap that's a really weird term of describing going fast every lap but you know back with the bridgestone days where those tires would have gone for an entire season you know that sort of stuff maybe i'd be a bit more enthused but it's because i know deep down they're not really pushing verstappen's just kind of managing the gap and yeah, so uh, it's it was it was okay. It was fine. 
Um, right. So my three word race review is the curse lives. Now, I also said, I think in the previous podcast, no, the car doesn't have a curse yet. Chill out. He's had a few races where he hasn't finished. Now, the curse exists. Just like George Russell scoring points in the Williams, Leclerc definitely has a curse now around Monaco. And that's another reason we need to get Monaco off the calendar. I'm joking. I'm joking. Monaco can stay. But it was very sad. uh, And I'm not over it. Yeah. Yeah. His curse of smashing his car into a wall uh, <laughs> during qualifying. <laughs> um, yeah, it's he's definitely been very unlucky. Um, this time, you can argue it, it was his own doing. Um, very unfortunate still. Uh, yeah, if I have my um, kind of... With my heart, it's like, oh... Um, yeah, it is absolutely gutting that Leclerc and you do feel like, oh, there's this curse. And then when I actually think about it, it's like, well, he did smash it into a wall in qualifying uh, and wrecked his car. Um, but yeah, I can't, I genuinely can't believe even, you know, if he'd had the, the gearbox change or they'd fixed the car or whatever and he had to drop back and at least started the race and maybe, you know, just finished sixth or seventh. But for him to not even start it and then have to stand... Um, during the national anthem, I, you know, he's a respectful guy and obviously it's his own national anthem. So, of course, he's going to be at the front there. But to do that when you know you're not going to be even racing must have been very, very difficult. Indeed. Now, he did did himself proud in the way that he reacted to it all. But like Tommy said, you know, you do feel some sympathy, but... He was the one that made the mistake and put himself in that wall. And although Ferrari, you know, should have done better checks, obviously they've said they still don't fully understand what's happened, which I'm like, well, you kind of need to, mate. If you're guys starting on pole position since the first time since I think it was 2019 Mexico, you need to have a bit of a clue what your car's doing. But yeah, um, I sort of feel less sympathy knowing that he did that to himself. So... Yeah, uh, some people were a little bit questionable with how I was in IBR and also the <laughs> thumbnail, which was, uh, it's so unfair, but it was more just a case of, yeah, I mean, you know, part of me, and I think a lot of people wanted to see Leclerc out in front. And, you know, for, this is Ferrari's probably only opportunity at winning. And it was unfair in the sense of Leclerc was made to believe that he was going to start on pole. Mm. Like, for, there's all, it's all well, you know, fine if, you know, they had to make changes and they got, penalty or whatever you know you take it because he did make that mistake and that was a a big risk when he he had that crash but at the same time it just felt like the universe didn't really shine kindly on him and uh, there's a question from mason 789 why on earth would you not strip the gearbox and drive shaft down after an impact like that (laughs) now of course there were things about saying yeah ferrari were really uh, you know hard at work making sure that everything was absolutely to the T, perfectly working order. And then there was a video of Charles Leclerc being interviewed and all of the Ferrari people (laughs) behind him doing jumping jumping jacks, (laughs) (laughs) which is just such Ferrari things, isn't it? It's just, it clearly, they could, they just didn't know. And, And that's the problem. That's, that's a big problem for now that they don't really know what's happened even now. And, you know, Leclerc said he didn't think it was the gearbox, you know, after the race and whatnot. But it's just, yeah, it's a bit concerning that Ferrari can't diagnose what went wrong. Of course, it it has to be something down to the crash that they just haven't diagnosed. Maybe just a, you know, a hairline fracture somewhere, which they haven't been able to see. But the fact they've gone, yeah, (laughs) I don't know, uh, is, yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I know like for the memes, it's it's great that, you know, and everyone jumps on it like, oh, Ferrari, classic Ferrari, what are they doing? Um, but to be fair to them, I'm sure it's a lot more difficult. Obviously, we're, we're um, standing back and don't know. There's a lot of rules in Park Ferme now where obviously you're not allowed to um, you're not allowed to repair stuff unless it's damaged. So there are certain things and you wonder how much of it, because uh, it was the left side of the car. So the, the bit of the car that actually didn't go into the wall uh, was the bit that broke. Uh, that's right, isn't it? I believe. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, so they wouldn't have really noticed that side. And like like you said, Mike, it could have been a small crack, like hairline crack or anything, because it wasn't till turn six that they actually noticed there was a problem obviously Leclerc said oh no it's the gearbox but it sounds like it was actually the the drive shaft um rear drive shaft so yeah it's easy to beat up on Ferrari and think that um you know they should have noticed it but um yeah it's one of those things I mean if I'm if I'm being critical it's not every day that um a car bins it in the wall just as they've got pole position and you have to repair the car ready for the next day. So yeah, I don't, I don't want to blame Ferrari too much. Um, obviously, yeah, I feel massively sympathetic to um, Leclerc not starting his own race, but I don't want to beat up on Ferrari too much. And I think it's unfair for people to maybe beat up on Ferrari to be like, Oh my God, what are they doing? When, like I said earlier, at the end of the day, it's Leclerc that, <laughs> that's the one that smashed it into the wall and made their life difficult. It is a great shame, though, because Ferrari just brought this incredible performance to Monaco. I don't think many of us even, I don't think Ferrari even predicted how well they were going to do around Monaco. Yet, leaving Monaco, um, it just feels like talking about this drive shaft issue has just, it's almost taken away from Carlos Sainz's podium and how well they've done. And, you know, that's not a good look as well for Binotto because he's come out and spoken to media and been like, well, I'll put my hands up. I don't really know what's gone wrong here. And like we said, throughout Saturday evening and then Sunday morning, fans, and I'm sure Charles Leclerc himself, was holding their breath, waiting to hear on updates. And it was like, you know, there's no serious damage to the gearbox. And then Sunday morning, we got the update that things looked okay. And um, Binotto has said um, that the gearbox would have been fine to race. But yeah, it was uh, damage on the opposite side of the car to the crash that he had at the swimming pool chicane, uh, at swimming pool area. And um, he said it might be unrelated, but let's be honest, it's probably as a result of Leclerc's the crash. biggest coincidence ever. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be, it has to be something like a hairline fracture, you know, where obviously it goes in at one side of the car, but that doesn't mean that the car doesn't, you know, experience force throughout it. So, and it's easy when it's sat in the garage to think that it's not broken, but when you're uh, even, even in, um, you know, a, a lap to the slow lap to the grid, there's still a lot of forces going on in that car and things got to work. So that's when they noticed it, obviously, wasn't it? Not as soon as you drove out the pits, turn six. So, Another question. Glove 881. Should you be disqualified from a qualifying session if you cause a red flag? Leclerc would have been demoted to 10th and would remove the motivation or creeping thoughts what creeping thoughts of parking it at Raskas. Not that I believe Leclerc did this on purpose, by the way. It's an interesting thought, actually. I've never really thought about whether you cause a red flag if you should be disqualified from the session. I think that is something that would certainly remove any potential foul wrongdoings. Play. Yeah, and foul play moving forward. So 
for me, I'm not against it. I think that's something that could be definitely discussed. Maybe it's the likes of Monaco or whatever, where it's definitely, you know, you have a crash and everyone can't do a lap, then have to be consistent throughout the entire calendar, probably. Uh, but no, I'm not against that sort of thing being discussed for sure. Yeah, it is something that they do in other series, I believe. Um, I still don't really know where I stand on it because while it is the fairest solution, I guess you could could argue, it is one of those kind of unique Monaco quirks. And you know how much I love my unique Monaco quirks. Um, really? Yeah. Never I thought you were it. against Monaco. No. Um, yeah, I mean, it's clear, it's, it's so clear he didn't do it on purpose. And I'm sure now uh, the fact that he didn't race will convince anyone who thought he did do it on purpose um because he destroyed his car but um i don't i yeah i'm a bit on the fence with this i'm not 100 percent sure if it's the the right thing to do because no one would deliberate it's such a rare occurrence it is almost only monaco you'd see it obviously we've seen it before uh where it was done on purpose with with schumacher raskas where he got a penalty and also what do you mean maybe no, he ran wide, mate. Oh, sorry, yeah. And then Nico Rosberg also locked up and went down the escape road. But then he didn't didn't get a penalty, did he? So no. um, it's just a quirk of, quirk of Monaco. Yeah, it's a really rare occurrence, like you say, for something like this to happen, especially for the person that crashes in Q3 to be the person that's currently sat at the top of the timesheets. So you could bring a rule in, but I think it would be a case that we'd see it used like once every few years, but then maybe the occurrences where it does happen is needed to happen. Um, like Tommy mentioned, they do this in IndyCar. Um, so if you cause a red flag, then your two fastest lap times are disallowed from that segment. Um, and the segment is like essentially a Q1, a Q2, like we have in F1 qualifying, um, and they aren't able to advance to the next segment. And I think they do it for yellow flags as well. Um, so, you know, if you, were going in Barcelona and you went into a gravel trap or something like that or onto the grass um, and caused the yellow flag, then you wouldn't be allowed to advance and have your lap time sort of taken away. So it's it's a good idea, but whether all of the admin and putting it through the um, F1 teams and getting a unanimous vote and all this kind of stuff, like if it's worth it for just something that's going to happen once in a blue moon remains to be seen. But I mean, it would make this incident that we saw at the weekend fair because you know the fact is although Charles I believe was a complete accident and we've seen how self-critical Charles can be even when he puts in a stunning quality lap and he's always like no I could have done better I could have done this um he wouldn't have obviously wanted to cause a red flag and ruin what was a really exciting qualifying like we say Monaco qualifying is the best bit and so it seemed to come to such a premature end when we saw Leclerc had smashed his Ferrari up and then Bottas had to drop off but Mustapen, um Carlos so and also you know people that weren't even fighting for pole position everyone thought they were going to get pole from the team radio they're like <laughs> yeah. oh I would have yeah. done it I would have done it Antonio easily. Giovinazzi on pole you heard it yeah first. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have to we'll have to wait and see but I think it would be a fair rule but it's whether we want to jump through all these hoops to get it allowed for something that's rarely going to happen yeah now that I've thought about it I'm against it Okay. Um, <laughs> just, just purely because I feel like there would be a lot of room for discussion because of course red flags are, are flown because of safety and mm. i feel like red flags are flown more now than they have been just purely from a safety perspective so if someone nips a front wing and their end plate is in the middle of the racing line and they float uh, you know they put out a red flag 
does that person then deserve to be disqualified? That's very because, true, actually. Because of that sort of thing. Think so, of the tiny incidents that can cause red flags sometimes, like, like you say, a, a piece of debris or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm against it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I feel like it would just cause a lot of arguments um, and whatnot, as you know, and, and I highly doubt all the teams would agree to it anyway. So, right. Next up, Tommy, three word race review, please. Mine is lots to enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what could that possibly be? Positive Monaco. Sponsored by the Monaco TV direction. Uh, no. Um, yeah, I'm not. So I'm not going to pretend. That, that was a good race um even good. as a <laughs> yeah we'll clip that <laughs> you know even as a monaco lover it's a shame that we didn't get a yellow flag safety car or even a single on track overtake um because <laughs> i don't mind that you know you get two or three overtakes in a race but um at monaco because it's different but it would have been nice to at least see one um we did mick schumacher on the inside of nikki i guess lap one yeah but um, but yeah, I said this on Twitter and some people agreed with me. Some people were very angry, annoyed that how dare I take... People, people, annoyed yeah, people on, Twitter. on Twitter were very angry and annoyed that how dare I take positives out of a, a sport I enjoy and love and, uh, and uh, enjoy. Um, but now, yeah, F1 while the, a sport. What are you on about? Uh, sorry, yeah, not a sport. Um, <laughs> <laughs> while the race was dull, at a normal track, we wouldn't have had, let's be honest, a Leclerc pole. We wouldn't have had... Carlos Sainz and Lando on the podium with Max. We wouldn't have had Hamilton finishing seventh. We wouldn't have had Vettel finishing fifth. There were so many great stories, wholesome stories, amazing championship fight. So while, yes, the race was particularly uh, actionless, even for Monaco, dull, dull um, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. And I think there's been so many positives to go out of it that... Um, it was a satisfying race for me. I liked. I thought it was very good. Great yeah, for the did, championship as well. You'd enjoy it if just the cameras were just around <laughs> Monaco with no cars going around it. I'd enjoy it if they uh, if Amazing. it was just eight thousand Lance Stroll replays of him going. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no surprise that Tommy's taken uh, positives out of Monaco. How uh, oh, dare I? I knew there wouldn't be anything different <laughs> to that. Uh, I'm, I'm well. We've pretty much made uh, our our feelings clear on on Monaco. Katie, are you uh, are you also taking positives from this, or are you uh, a bit more on the fence? I'm I'm being optimistic with Monaco. I think, like Tommy said, we never thought coming into Monaco that we'd have Leclerc pole. Um, I mean, I've predicted a max win. So that's not too surprising. But to have Carlos and Lando on the podium was also really great. And like Tommy said, very wholesome. And it's good to have some nice new stories and um, happy tales from that side of thing. Um, would have been good to see Leclerc and Bottas up there. But um, I'm just grateful it's not another handbot ver, to be honest with you. I'll, I'll take whatever I can. <laughs> and, and the crazy thing is, if Leclerc and Bottas were both still in the race, Hamilton would have finished ninth, which is... Quite wow, preposterous yeah. to think. Uh, we'll get on to his race shortly. Uh, question from uh, new WTF1 team member Ender Can Lando now officially be considered in the same category as Verstappen and Leclerc as the next big title contenders in F1? Of course, we just mentioned the you know the, the amazing podium, Lando being one of them in third place and a very strong um season so far. It has to be said, he's wiping the floor with Danny Rick, apart from maybe Spain. Yeah, I. I probably wouldn't put him in the same realms as Verstappen and Leclerc yet because we haven't seen him right at the front of the field. Can he win a race? I, you know, I have no doubt in my mind that he will, and he will be in that same category. But until he's proven himself, I think it's a little bit premature to say that he's a Verstappen or a Leclerc because 
you know, it's all well and good doing well in a, you know, a, not a rubbish car, but a midfield car or top of the midfield car and getting good results. It's another thing performing in a top car week in, week out. So for me, Lando is really impressing and he's probably one of the drivers of the season. He's third in the championship again now after Bottas' DNF, of course, Bottas not getting great luck, but still Lando's doing amazingly well. And I can't really fault him, to be honest. He's He's maybe pushed a little bit hard in qualifying, a little bit over overstepped the mark, but I think that's just purely from a confidence perspective and knowing that if he hooks up a lap that's absolutely brilliant, he's going to be right at the front of the field. So, yeah, good on Lando. Yeah, after after Spain, I was a bit like, oh, is this going to be another season where, you know, L- Lando didn't didn't do badly by any means last year he was very very impressive and the year before um but there was part of me after spain when danny rick got back on top that i was like oh is this another season where you know lando gets an early podium like loads of really good results he's third in the championship and then things start to get back to normal and he's kind of more on par with his teammate rather than absolutely you know dominating him um if this is the kind of if if lando manages to do this all season that's when you can start talking about Lando having that um, talent to be able to, um, you know, challenge for the likes of um, of these, you know, the the two top young drivers in Leclerc and Verstappen. But like you say, not that it's easy, but um, you know, we've seen the amount of pressure that someone like Max Verstappen is under. Um, Racing, racing for a championship against Lewis Hamilton is very different to beating the rest of the midfield, isn't it? Let's be honest. But can't take any way, anything away from Lando. He's been unbelievably impressive and probably one of, if not the most impressive driver this season so far. You think back to McLaren when they were McLaren Honda and even like when they had started their partnership with Renault. If you had said that by the 2021 season, they'd have two podiums within the first five races, I think we would have probably laughed at you. It's just mad. But yeah, Lando is really proving himself to be um, a a good competitor. I mean, I always respected Lando. I thought he was a great driver. But this season, he's just proved himself um, that he's better than I think quite a lot of us actually expected. Um, I mean, I might be speaking on just my own behalf here, but uh, yeah, I'm super impressed with him. And I'm so excited to see this next generation of drivers of like Max and Charles and Lando and George and um, to see them come up through the ranks and where they will be fighting for championships, I'm sure in like five years time, it's going to be awesome. But he was completely gobsmacked at the fact that he got a podium here because he said after the race, you know, McLaren, we had this snazzy new livery and all that kind of stuff, but they didn't expect to actually do well here in Monaco from all the sim work and stuff they'd done. They they didn't think it was going to be um, a particularly good race. This is obviously the first street circuit that the McLaren Mercedes um, partnership has, has visited. So there was a lot to learn. So, I mean, they will take a podium. <laughs> They will indeed. Uh, another question from uh, a WTF1 team member, uh, Mark O'Hare. What is your opinion on Danny Rick's struggles? Is the car more suited to Lando? And does Daniel need more races to settle and get up to grips? Get up to grips with the car. Um, Danny Rick is a very uh, interesting uh, person to, to analyse just purely because, yeah, he was nowhere again this time in Monaco. He kind of just sort of shrugged it off and said he'll move on and whatnot. But, you know, people have been sort of taking bits that he's been saying, like he called Lando car four, uh, which is, 
yeah a little bit I, I, I've, you know, you know, we know Danny Rick is quite playful and quite, you know, he doesn't really mince his words with some things. So I, I think there is probably a little bit of sour grapes with that, just purely because he doesn't want to be shown up by a new kid on the block in inverted commas, uh, because it makes him look bad. So especially when he's getting lapped by Lando, of course it is Monaco and you get stuck behind cars. But I think Danny Rick was actually in relatively clean air at some points because he was so far behind the alphas and and whatnot. So. Yeah, I, it's it's a weird one because Danny Rick does tend to not lose interest, but he'll jump teams pretty quick if he doesn't <laughs> think it's working out, right? You know, that's what he's done. He's Whether he'll Aston Martin next. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there isn't really anywhere to go. McLaren is an amazing team, to, clearly, in the hands of Lando. It's, it's working really well. I'm not going to jump to the conclusion and say he's washed up or anything, but same with Perez. There's going to be a point in time where we go... You know when 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 you're going to turn up, mate? Because you know you've got all this all this experience, all these amazing you know results. When are you gonna when you're going to start actually getting the the performance out of that car? I say Perez. I mean Perez had a decent weekend, but he had a poor qualifying. So you know, yeah. <laughs> let's weigh that one up. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, I can't. Um, again, like you, I'm kind of a bit miffed by it all. Especially you know Monaco. It's Danny Rick circuit. Um, he scored. So like so many amazing results there, and got a win there, and had a win almost uh, another another win. It could be a two-time Monaco winner. So um, it's one of those things where I I want to say, oh well, he needs to get up to speed with the car. But Carlos Sainz has been unbelievable since like he he has been so good getting into that Ferrari against someone that's like Charles Leclerc and is just up to speed straight away. Um, and I. I think that has really shown Ricardo up even more that science has jumped into the Ferrari that everyone said, oh, you know, Netflix, like, what's he doing going to Ferrari uh, from McLaren? And science has been amazing. Um, and Danny Rick is just taking seemingly a long time to get up to speed and is just not not happy in that car. Um, and of all the races for it to happen, Monaco is not what uh, I expected to happen. I run the streets was uh, what was ironically on his helmet, but um, yeah, not, not a, <laughs> yeah, not a great um, advert for yourself. But I mean, like you said, this is a great track for Ricardo. He's got his most points here that he's got at any circuit in his F1 career. So he obviously knows this track like the back of his hand. And whether he's just got to McLaren and maybe he's not quite gelled with the way that the team is working or I mean with Ricardo he seems to have a slightly different way that he approaches things obviously um he might not be sharing all the time that he's in simulator on social media compared to somebody like Lando who's always you know showing pictures to his Instagram story that he's there but maybe he needs to actually um oh oh frozen. <laughs> Katie's frozen on a very scary face <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I'm actually a little bit. Katie, you just froze. You just on froze. Quite a your, horrifying. Yeah, your eyes yeah. were like uh, <laughs> demonic <laughs> eyes. Try again, Katie. Oh, dear. Daniel Ricardo is coming after me after I was snagging yeah. up his helmet design. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, what I was saying is that um, Lando Norris is always sharing pictures that he's in a simulator, that he's doing all this work at the factory, whereas Ricardo seems to be doing his mountain biking and at studios with friends and recording music and stuff. And maybe he needs to change his ways a little bit. I'm not saying like he's, he's quite a private person, Ricardo. He's not always sharing on social media, you know, his every 
day activities, but maybe he needs to start spending some more time on the sim, going on those track walks, because he's one of these drivers that doesn't often tend to do a track walk. He'll occasionally maybe hop on a bike and, and have a look around, but maybe it's he in, needs to just change his ways a bit. It's in danger of uh, before he manages to catch up, it just being a complete, like, this is Lando's team now, mm. um, the way he's doing and yeah. He needs to he needs to step up quick. He does, especially when the you know the the thoughts around going into the season was that he was gonna be at least on par with Lando straight from the get-go, just considering his experience. But it hasn't been the case. It hasn't been the case for Alonso at Alpine, it hasn't been the case really for Vettel at Aston Martin, apart from this great performance at Monaco. So I guess his saving grace is that the older generation of drivers have maybe struggled a little bit more to get up to speed i say older like danny rick's you know ancient but he's not but at the same time he's older than the likes of signs going to ferrari for example so very interesting obviously we're going to try and try and not jump into too many conclusions but at the same time they got to start performing that's why mclaren has got danny rick on board because they expect him to be a consistent driver that can help mclaren take it to the likes of ferrari that could have easily scored a lot more points this weekend uh right another question uh, I'm actually going to loop back to Monaco very quickly because there's a question which uh, I'm interested to see how Tommy reacts to it. Brown 157A, how long can F1 keep selling Monaco to the casual fans? With trying to make F1 more inclusive, it's really not a good track to sell it. I appreciate that it's a test of the driver's skill and can see the talent, but I have been a fan for years. Joe Bloggs isn't and won't appreciate it. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> next okay, so question Tommy's gonna go, yeah uh whilst tommy mulls on his reply <laughs> one word i know what uh, my reply is already uh, yeah i think monaco it's, it's not like it's a whole season of monaco and the fact is it's a special crown jewel of the calendar and to be fair i think a lot of people just tune in they might not watch all 78 laps but they'll tune in because it's monaco and because they're racing around streets at 200 miles an hour or whatever they go so for me it's not going to really harm formula one because at the same time they charge a huge amount of money in Monaco to, to sort of race there. I was in like the, the tickets are, are very expensive, of course, the, the track. And anyway, I'm not going to get into the, the, the deep dives of that stuff, but Monaco is that unique sort of pull factor that people will tune in at least for the first lap to see if there's a crash, because that's what Joe Bloggs usually does. But I, I think it still has a pull, but I reckon it probably goes like that as a graph as we get to halfway through the race. Yeah. I mean, you've kind of alluded to it a little bit. I'd say the complete opposite um, to what you've said there, that it is Joe Bloggs that tunes into the Monaco Grand Prix because it's the Monaco Grand Prix. I'm sure the Champions League final every year is not as good as a game where it finishes 17-all between Accrington, Stanley and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, people will tune into that because it's the big event. Uh, nah. I think they'll tune in, but then they'll tune out. <laughs> no, but, well, th but that's the thing. The like, exactly. Like Monaco has that appeal because it's a special race. And I think it's even more appealing to casuals. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, even though that was one of the most dull races, it probably might even have the most views on YouTube of any of the races this year, just because people will click on it because they say, oh, Monaco Grand Prix highlights. I'll look at that. Um, same for, um, I saw something that it's like, you know, it's the most, and it's a bit boring, but like the most hashtagged uh, event um, on the Formula One calendar. So 
however much we as fans go, oh, it's a bit boring and it's not as good as the other races for the casual, that is the one they are going to be tuning in. They're going to be tuning in for Monaco and the final race of the year if, if the championship's going down to the I, wire. I guess the argument is as well, kind of, I don't know if I'm contradicting myself or what, but there isn't really a casual fan anymore for Formula One just purely because like well, you have Channel 4 highlights, but it's behind a paywall. Yeah, yeah. I guess, they, so, I guess they're, t- yeah, I guess they mean like for the, um, there will be other places where it's um, like free, free to air and stuff in other countries. Obviously, it's behind a paywall here. Um, but I'm always going to, I'm always going to support you'll it. You'll fight and Monaco. I think, the, fight for Monaco. To yeah, the exactly. I think Crofty actually put it really well in the, um, in the race when, uh, I think Brundo was talking about all the history and all that. And then that's always the argument, isn't it? That's like, well, what, a, you know, forget the history. What else is there to enjoy? And I think Crofty said it very well, where he's like, it's a world championship. And to win a world championship, you have to be good at lots of different things about Formula One race. And you've got to do well at Monza and you've got to do well at Monaco. and You've got to do well at everything in between. And that's part of it. It's a different challenge. So Brown 157A, don't, don't, don't challenge Tommy on it. All right, cool. <laughs> Katie, your thoughts? Yeah, I think Monaco will stay on the calendar until the end of time. I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, Sure, and I know we're going to talk about it later, but there is better TV direction that is needed desperately because even though with better TV direction, there's obviously not going to be 500 overtakes that we've missed on telly, um, you know, it needs to be better for a casual viewer because what we saw this weekend was just an abomination. Um, But F2 is good. (laughs) Yeah, the F2 was fine. <laughs> what? For um, what? F2 TV Monaco. No, F2 Monaco was oh, good just in, in general, terms of okay. like j- racing. So like when everyone yeah, just yeah, blames yeah. Monaco as a track. Oh, well, that's because it was wet. And the, Formula E. And Formula E, exactly, which is dry. It's a, the cars are woeful. And I, I, I feel like next year, while it's not going to, you know, I'm not going to pretend there's going to be 500 overtakes of Monaco next year, but there might be four or five rather than zero because <laughs> it's literally impossible. Uh, in these cars and they've completely outgrown them so thank goodness they're going thank goodness wow and not monaco <laughs> yeah. wow okay well we'll see if you're saying thank goodness the cars are going when uh, we have some team maybe mercedes two seconds clear of everyone else uh, by the start yeah and max wins our championship year. this year and i'm like oh no we've got to go back <laughs> yeah, yeah go back back um katie three word race you, please mine is uh max needed this and that is referring to the fact that Max needed to win in Monaco. It's something that Jensen Button said at the end of the Spanish Grand Prix. Red Bull have a great history here. Um, and ultimately, although we were only four races in before Max won this fifth race of the year, Hamilton was slowly creeping away with that title. I'm not saying it was championship overall, that kind of stuff, but Max needed to balance things out a little bit more because if we'd got to race five and it was 4-1 to Lewis, then we might be in a bit of trouble, but he did it, which is excellent. Um, and now leads the driver's title and Red Bull leads the constructor's title. So this is uh, what we wanted when we started the season. It is. Um, I'm, I'm with you in the sense that, you know, Max needed to have the momentum swing back in his favor a little bit. And the fact that he's leading the world driver's championship for the first time ever in his career is, uh, well, it's quite something. And yeah. You could argue that what he also needed was Lewis Hamilton to finish seventh, which yes. is <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton's uh that that's the thing. People have sort of been quick to jump on it like, oh, does does Max have the minerals? Uh that's a phrase, uh, to to win a championship. Um 
And he's been very unfortunate that he's had an absolutely unbelievable start. Yes, he's made some little mistakes like track limits and very small mistakes, but he's finished first or second in every race. But his problem was the fact that Lewis Hamilton stepped his game up even more. So he definitely needed a, a Lewis off weekend. I don't know if it's just me, Katie, <laughs> but does Tommy sound underwater now? Yeah, it sounds like he's made his way into the swimming pool at Monaco. Literally. <laughs> really? Yeah, now, there you go. You're better now. Oh, okay. Whatever you just did, you literally <laughs> sounded like you were in a goldfish bowl, mate. So uh, uh, I just love Monaco so much. I just went for a dip in the swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I thought I was tripping for a minute. I was like, what's going on? Anyway, um, yes, Max did need this. And, uh, well, it was very uh, good for the championship because Red Bull now lead the constructors by one point as well. Uh, Zazonga. Could Max have held the field back to get Perez a podium? No, come on, come on, <laughs> come on. I mean, what, what do you think Max is, a safety car or something? Like, that's down to Perez to do better in qualifying and just sort it out. Max isn't going to be his babysitter and, you know, just choo-choo train and just wait for everyone. Like, he's yeah. never going to put his, his win in jeopardy to potentially get Perez higher up the field. I mean, fourth place was a decent result for Sergio considering where he finished. Um but yeah, I mean, Max is yeah. just focusing on his own race, his own championship. Red Bull want to win the drivers as well as, as the constructors. There's, there's never going to be a thought there. 100%. You don't mess around at any track, never mind Monaco. And, you know, if, if the Stappen's back in the pack up, what's to say that even though overtaking is almost impossible, that Carlos Sainz doesn't fancy getting one over on his old teammate that, uh, you know, sees the first win in his sights and goes for an absolute dive bomb and crashes into him. It's just not worth risking anything like that. It's just, they'd just be so silly to do. I think, yeah. Although a prize podium, I'm sure, would have been lovely for lots of people who would like to see that, <clears throat> me. But um, Checo did a great job in the race. You know, he started ninth, uh, which probably could have qualified higher up the grid had it, the session not been red flagged. Um, promoted for seventh. Um, with all the issues with Bottas and Leclerc and finish fourth because of a really good strategy from Red Bull. So, yeah, I think he'll take fourth. It's early days. We've got time. Well, do we? I mean, that's the thing. That I mean, <laughs> thank God Mercedes had a horrendous uh, weekend for the constructors. Otherwise, they'd still be relatively clear uh, in, in that title race as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was a good race performance from Sergio. But at the same time, yeah, okay. So it was, he his final run obviously got hindered, but then his first run was shocking. Is that is that basically it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the risk you run, though, isn't it? You know, mm. you have to perform straight away at Monaco in qualifying because there could be a red flag, and there was. So, you know, I don't have much sympathy uh, for Sergio because obviously Max was on the front row of the grid. So there's there, there's again that yeah. gap that that sort of fourth or fifth that Red Bull need him to start. Because to, if Sergio starts fourth, he's beating Lando to third place or, you know, somewhere around there yeah. obviously if, if Leclerc and Bottas still have their problems. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's still not, it still doesn't feel like it's a driver of the day performance or anything like that for me. He almost got Sergio. it as well, driver of the day. Whereas yeah, it's preposterous. It's, it's the, if anything, it's the team for doing a fantastic strategy for him. That allowed yeah, they him just to... left him out, didn't they? And yeah. he had good pace and, and fair enough, he did. He, you know, he made that strategy work, and uh, obviously, uh, a team didn't make that strategy work. So they pit him early, but we're on to that very shortly. Ik catcher, would Max still win the race if Leclerc didn't have his gearbox issue? No, I think if Leclerc gets off the line well, I think he in that Ferrari they had more than enough pace. They would have had signs behind as well to basically rear gunner in a sense that the Max sort of undercut potentially. So I don't see 
how Max would have won that race if Leclerc had got off the line. Yeah, it's hard to know, isn't it? I mean, obviously, he wouldn't have been able to overtake him, but I think we would have had a lot better race because it was yeah, clear good. that um, Leclerc wouldn't have had the same race pace as Max, while Max wasn't um, exactly going flat out. He obviously put, could pull like four or five seconds on the lead. But I think Are you if, underwater again? I'm not underwater again, am I? You are. Whatever you're doing. And then as soon as I tell you you're underwater, <laughs> you, you sound like clear again. <laughs> am I clear now? Yeah, you're yeah. clear as anything. I'm going to hold this because maybe it's, <laughs> it's just broken. Um, but yeah, he. I think if Leclerc had managed to um, lead, there would have been a lot more of a like classic Monaco traffic jam where it would have all come down to whether you get your pit stop right, whether that's undercut, overcut, because that's, that's, well, that's the know. crazy thing about Monaco. I don't think Monica. Ferrari had that worse of a pace. I mean, Sainz had to follow Max. And I'm not. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say that. Like, yeah, he wouldn't have had enough pace to win. But I think Max would have probably been on his gearbox until the pit stops, and then it just comes down to. Who'd... But I guess what we're doing is we're, we're kind of comparing Red Bull in clean air, Verstappen against Sainz, who we kind of would expect to maybe be a tenth, maybe two tenths yeah. player in race trim if we're looking at the rest of the season. And of course, Sainz was close to Verstappen at the start of the race, you know, within a couple of seconds. And if you follow a car at that, you know, that close, your tyres are going to hurt. And that's exactly what Sainz said was that he had blistering, I think, on his left front. And that's what caused him to have that drop off of pace. So if Max then has to follow someone in dirty air and sliding around a little bit more, I feel like he's probably just going to be stuck just like Hamilton was further back down. I've gone for, I said, I think he would have won the race for Stappen. But I mean, it's very easy to say that because we'll never know. Um, but we've seen how aggressive Max is when it comes to his starts. Um, so perhaps there might have been room for something there, even though he was starting on the dirty side of the grid. Um, but the Honda Power looked pretty strong, but then so did Ferrari. So basically, I've just contradicted myself. I don't think he would have got into <laughs> turn one in the lead after that start he had. It was pretty... Mm. Yeah, you could tell he was on the dirty side, but he was just like, I am not letting Bottas through no yeah. matter what. And that's exactly, you know, that's the only place he really would have lost the race is yeah. uh, is turn one. So, uh, yeah, he did exactly what he needed to do there. Moving on to someone or some team that didn't do what they needed to do. And Hamilton was very, very um, blunt with his interview replies of uh, how the team messed up, not him or the, you know, a collective, just the team. And that's, of course, the Mercedes nightmare. Uh Big C Dirksen. What happened to the Mercs? Did they bring an upgrade that went the other way? Was it just the drivers not feeling confident? Why were they so off the pace in quali? They were just not great. That they, you know, they coming into this race, they thought that Red Bull would be stronger, and perhaps even Ferrari, just because of the slow speed nature of uh, of how their cars react. You know, Ferrari, especially, was it the last sector at Spain? They were really good because yeah, uh, yeah. it's slow speed. Um, so Merck clearly, you know, with the technical technical regulations and and that that loss of rear downforce and whatnot, has just really affected them generally as a package. Uh, in Monaco and any sort of slow slow tracks, slow you know, there's a lot of slow corners, and they just weren't able to to really bring it back. You know, Bottas did a pretty good job in qualifying, considering where Hamilton ended up. Um, but yeah, it just seemed as though they couldn't get their heads around exactly where they were losing the pace, and they reckon it's going to be the same in Baku as well. Yeah, I mean, Bottas could have finished second maybe so wouldn't be an awful result but the fact that the only car that finished finished seventh um made it look even worse like they're really slow but i think part of that was yeah monaco is one of those tracks where sometimes mercedes aren't quite on it 
Um, we've had it before where you know, 20, 2018 absolutely wiped the floor with everyone, but Red Bull could win because it's more suited to them. Um, and I'm probably going to get cancelled here from uh, from Team LH, Team LH, but I don't think that Hamilton Hamilton sometimes just has really off days at Monaco, and and I think this is to his credit that he's won that race three times. And here's me saying it's not one of his better tracks, but it is. But it is true. Um, you know, he he obviously inherited the lead from Ricardo. It's one of those. Um, he's had races in the past where they've been a bit sketchy and, you know, Rosberg would tend to get one up on him when they were teammates at Mercedes at Monaco. So it's not his best track, even though he has won it uh, three times. Um, And it's just one of those, one of those things. Mercedes were just dreadful. And then the fact that just to make matters worse, that the the tire is still stuck on Bottas's car from his pit stop um, until they get it back to the factory and hit it with a hammer um yeah couldn't really have got gone any worse for them but again it's amazing for the championship because red bull have actually caught up in the constructors as well not just max taking the lead but yeah mercedes pretty much got everything wrong they did the tried to do the undercut um when it was the overcut is what you needed to do so they even messed up on strategy so it was almost like a complete 180 of last last race when we were lauding Mercedes strategy and saying how bad Red Bull were. Exactly. Yeah. They blamed strategy. They went for the undercut, but that didn't work. Um, Toto Wolf was adamant that they didn't miscalculate any data. They simply just lacked pace all weekend. Um, but quote that he gave, which sounds rather interesting out of context. So Toto said overall a weekend to forget correction, not to forget because tomorrow we're going to put the finger where it hurts the most. I mean, take from that what you will, but hopefully not where the sun doesn't shine. Yeah. Well, this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking "Mm, interesting out of context, but yeah, they just had such a shocker. And I mean, Bottas is pit stop. It's always, it feels like, why has this happened to Bottas? You know, yes, we can say well done to Lando for being P3 in the driver's championship, but Valtteri Bottas has had two retirements out of the last four races. So, you know, it's really And how, how many has Hamilton had? <laughs> yeah. I've got I've got the stat here. Oh, if, you okay. want, if you want to guess. Uh so so he's had no retirements in a certain amount of races. Can you guess how many? Bearing in mind Bottas has had two in four. Fifty-six. Fifty-four. Damn it. That was pretty close. Guess. That's because yeah. I remember hearing in the broadcast. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what it was. <laughs> And it was that he scored it in 85 out of 86 or something. That's what I've heard. Yeah, that's mad though. Yeah. 54 starts to that retirement and Bottas has two in four. Four races. <laughs> and a dodgy pit stop in Bahrain as well. Poor, poor Bottas. Poor he, just gets the, uh, he just gets the, the sort of Aldi version of sort of <laughs> wheel nuts and stuff, doesn't he? He just gets that, the, the knockoff well, version. Did you, did you see um, that? So the reason for it was that the gun actually sheared the nut I don't know why I said nut. So weird. the <laughs> nut, um, and it took the it took the face off the like off it completely, so they couldn't get it off, um, which is why it's still there. And obviously, if you've seen our, our article and stuff, it's still on the car. They cannot get that wheel off until it goes back to the factory, um, which is crazy. Um, but one thing I think it was Sam Collins mentioned it on on Twitter that a massive risk that Mercedes then pitted Hamilton 
just to get an extra faster slap point when their wheel gun essentially obliterated their wheel net in the last. That's a big risk because if it happened again, it'd have yeah. obviously been out of the race. Yeah, yeah. They, they describe well, James Allison, who's technical director at Mercedes, described it as if you are building some furniture or something with your Phillips screwdriver and you put like a wrong screw or something on it and like wear away at the grooves in a screw. Um, that's essentially what happened, but with a big tire. <laughs> so <laughs> in a race. In, yeah. yeah. So, Quite uh, important. Yeah, not good. Uh Kudati asks what was the cause of Hamilton's uncharacteristically poor performance throughout the weekend obviously the car wasn't the fastest but Bottas got P3 in quali possibly P1-2 if the session hadn't ended could have got P2 in the race as well very odd for Hamilton to be off so off his teammate of course we have mentioned already Tommy said that you know he it's not his really his circuit I think as well you know Mercedes went for that undercut where you know they, they've obviously whacked on the hard tire but you know it's the most durable of the three and it takes we've, we've seen throughout the whole weekend that even with the the soft tire and qualifying fastest times would even sometimes come on the second lap especially if you're like ferrari so clearly the warm-up was an issue and hamilton just couldn't get the the tire temperature and the pace on that outlap to to even jump gasly which you'd think they would have known that um you know that it's clearly it was a miscommunication because obviously hamilton came over the radio and said well i've been saving my tires why have you picked me before everyone else and then they've gone you know box box but it's a bit weird that lewis hasn't questioned it when they've gone, okay, Lewis, come into the pits now. Is it? You'd imagine Lewis at that point would go. Oh, I want to go longer. You know, yeah, I want to the, stay out. The overcut is a thing that can happen at Monaco. Um, it happens a lot. It's very, yeah. very rare that we get that nowadays because you know you put on fresh tires and second you come out of the pits, purple, purple sectors, and you're you know you're you're going to easily overtake your rival. So you want to be in the pits first. That happens a lot at Monaco. Though, Monaco is purely the, because of the Monaco traffic. is the opposite. So they must have known that, but uh, they they took a took a risk. And again, it's the classic thing of hindsight. If it worked, it would look a genius, and it didn't work, and they look really stupid. Yeah, it's uh, so well a shame that um, well some people might not say it's a shame to see Hamilton so far up the grid, um, but you know we'll we'll have to wait and see how they get on in Baku. I'm sure we want to again and we'll just be laughing at these conversations. <laughs> well, they're saying that it's not going to be that at all and uh you know Hamilton says they are the underdogs. Another another Red Bull <laughs> yeah. track is what he said, uh, which is amazing. I love to hear that sort of stuff. I just I was really looking forward to Hamilton's post-race interview to be honest more than the actual Monaco Grand Prix itself because of how how savage he was being on the radio and of course as i mentioned blaming the team saying the team had a you know a terrible day the team sounded scared to give him the radio messages that they're like uh lewis we've actually lost uh, another place perez is up in p4 uh, what perez is ahead of me a firm he's gonna take my headset off now and just <laughs> not listen to whatever lewis is saying um another th- another thing actually of people not listening to what people want is uh the tv direction and uh <laughs> I mean, we actually are releasing a video today, so get very excited about that, uh, all about why it was so bad. Um, in, a, in, a, in a nutshell, let's uh, firstly answer Ched underscore Nelson's question. What the hell was with the broadcast? Sound wasn't good. The race coverage switched as the only wheel-to-wheel battle went on. We will explain it fully in the video, so go check that out. But in a nutshell, it's the fact that it's a different broadcaster. It's not Formula One. It's not Sky. It's the, uh, a, a fret. No, is it French? Yeah, French. I think they've taken over, yeah, TMC. Monogasque, yeah, TMC. So, yeah, they're a, a company that basically just run the Monaco 
direction. Not that not all of it, but basically what we see on the world feed and, and things like that. Of course, Formula One still work with them for the timings and whatnot. But generally speaking, what we saw and the decisions that they made in terms of changing to certain things was them. And it was very clear to see qualifying was an absolute mess. The fact that they were just messing up the timings. And, you know, I was, you know, me and Tommy were both losing our minds in the watch long when we couldn't see what was going on and there was no timing graphics and anything like that. And it just felt like they'd never watched Formula One in their lives. And Xdale 1994 says, my question is, and, and Xdale 1994, hold on, Team WTF1. My question is, does the Monaco TV director deserve a raise? Doesn't deserve to be paid. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad, Work isn't experience. it? experience. It, it, that's, that's the thing. We've, we've seen things on the broadcast before where we'll complain that sometimes they've maybe missed something. However, sometimes you can take benefit of the doubt. And I think FOM ultimately, like all things considered, do a very good job uh, of the coverage. And, you know, we, we might complain that, oh, we've missed uh, Giovinazzi putting an absolute worldie of a move on, on someone in 11th. But understandably, they're focusing on maybe Hamilton and Verstappen fighting for the lead and they're only half a second apart. So you can kind of understand that. But when two cars are going side by side and you're <laughs> cutting to a replay and and obviously, you know, hilarious that that's become a meme now, but it's not the first time you mentioned, obviously, the um, uh, the, the quality watch long where they were putting the times wrong. In the Formula 2 race, someone started from the pit lane and they were <laughs> showing a car coming down the pit lane yeah marcus armstrong is coming down the pit lane and you could hear the lights going out so it's going beep beep and i was thinking that they're about to start the race and they're just showing this car and it cut back just at the point where lights went out and you missed all the anticipation and excitement of the start and i think i'm you messaged me about that and uh i said to you because i watched um they they have obviously they show like old replays and classic um classic races on on sky and i watched 2019's race and if you remember um bottas vettel and verstappen all came in the pits at the same time uh, and were released in into the path and verstappen got the penalty as they were released they cut away and showed marshals picking up debris <laughs> i don't actually remember that happening at the time but i watched it back and thought oh wow i forgot that the tv direction is really bad and the fact that it's happened here again it is not it's not a new thing. This is this is a regular thing, and it. I really hope that yeah, it it doesn't. Yeah, it needs to change because it is appalling. Yeah, I mean, I get the giggles every time I think about it because it was just so silly. You could never see that stroll graphic ever again. It's, it's so funny, and he is the fact he just pops up and he looks so smug in his little preview clip, and then oh, it's just so funny, and all the memes that have been made from it. I think it's now like my favorite F one meme. Um, and I've noticed this morning that Formula One or FOM or whoever are now deleting all of these clips because they're obviously massively embarrassed. And I mean, as well as breaking all the laws and showing the, the footage and stuff. But yeah, not ideal. And, you know, listening to Sky, listening to the Channel 4 coverage in the UK. It's funny, like watching the Channel 4 yesterday because like I knew that this was coming. But for obviously Alex Jakes and DC and Mark Webber, they had no idea it was suddenly going to cut away. And I mean, DC was absolutely fuming. He was like, I'd just like to make it very clear that this is an independent TV direction. Um, and, you know, they need to go and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, Monaco is the only race on the calendar as well where they have like the local TV directors 
do this. It's been in the past that BBC and ITV have done like the British Grand Prix um, and they've, you know, had similar things in places like Japan, but F1 has slowly taken back control of all of the TV direction for the races apart from Monaco and it shows because it was just terrible. (laughs) The one quirk I don't like about Monaco. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's just, it's it's not even, when when Formula 1 fans realise that there's problems going on, is when it just takes away from the experience, you know, especially considering it's behind a paywall for the likes of us. And then they're doing that as the, the, you know, the footage. And it's, it's almost worse because of Formula One taking it in house and doing a clean production every single time. Almost, you know, of course there are mistakes, but it's never as big as what we saw in Monaco. It makes these errors look even worse because of what they're doing. You know, it's, yeah, it was just so frustrating. And then not, not only that to then start showing the replay and then cut to Perez coming in the pits. I mean, what, what are they doing? It's ju- no, it's, we don't. We don't need to see the replay. Nothing really happened. Perez genuinely was the only bit of action in the race as well, like side by side action. Yeah, oh, I think crazy. a lot of people as well. Normally, if we see TV TV direction cut away from something, it normally means that they're probably anticipating a big crash, which I think is for a lot of people what they maybe thought had happened that something had happened between Vettel and Gasly. But no, nothing. It was a brilliant overtake, and we missed it. So great job well hopefully that's their last ever monaco grand prix i'm certainly doing my best to uh, raise awareness on every social media <laughs> ever so uh we'll, we'll see yeah exactly i mean it, it, it just there's no point there's literally no point in doing it so uh we'll see right tommy play the jingle now it's time for what an experience what an experience everyone just heard that live Right, ABCDF one time. Remember, you can vote too, which is a very exciting segment now where you can have your own say because I know a lot of you get very, very angry with voting and the things that we sometimes say. So go to WTF1.com after the race and you can vote too. Simples. Right, Lewis Hamilton. I mean, shocker of a weekend. D. 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 Easy peasy. And, and the fans gave Hamilton a D. Uh, Valtteri Bottas, of course, he was having a, a reasonable race, had a you know an okay qualifying compared to his teammate, then got screwed over in the pits. I think it's a B for Bottas. Yeah, I go B. I can't can't give him an A because he, yeah, might have challenged Max a bit more, but it's not his fault, is it? So yeah, B. That's a disagreement face from Katie. I can see. It. What are you going with, Katie? Well, I've been mega generous with lots of people here so i'm gonna give bottas an a because he was running in second and his teammate was struggling at the back and he had to retire through no fault of his own and i feel like had he not had that issue then second place finish would have been a good result let's not remember he was promoted from third on the grid it's true Um, yeah but i mean hamilton would have finished ninth otherwise so it's yeah, just, I, yeah, I guess he just smashed Hamilton, which is quite impressive. Yeah, he did smash Hamilton. I don't think it's an A, though. That's fair enough. Are you going to change yours, Tommy? No, it's mostly <laughs> a high B. Still a high thanks B. For, thanks, for your, thanks for your vote, Katie, but no. No worries. Uh, okay, we're, we're going to give Bottas a B, and the fans also gave Bottas a B. Uh, Max Verstappen. Yeah, I mean, say star in my opinion. Yeah, easy. So he, he led from the front, of course. He was actually probably going to take pole position as well because Leclerc was a tenth down before he crashed, and that's why he sent it. Verstappen was two and a half tenths up, I think he was, on his time, going into the tunnel. So, 
yeah, I think that you know, he would have got pole and probably done exactly what we saw on Sunday anyway. So yeah, it was faultless. A star. Okay, I just because we've got live people, it's funny to see. Yes, uh, I've like just got into, I just, I just literally just got into the chat and seen what people are saying. And people, people uh, are on your side, Katie. So don't worry. People, I love that. So yeah, keep getting involved in the chat, guys. It's Thanks, uh, it's chat. good. You're the best. Um, okay, yep. So uh, and the fans gave Verstappen an A star as well. Uh, Sergio Perez, <laughs> B, maybe. Yeah, I've gone for a B. It's a low B. Yeah, it's nothing more than a B in my opinion. I mean, he had a poor qualifying, as we've already said. I don't want to turn this into a Perez slating party, but no, he's not everyone done a bad job. But it's the kind of thing where, like, it's quite his teammate easy one. To, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's quite easy to look at um, him. You look at the graphic that says he's up five, but that's up five because of a brilliant strategy from Red Bull. So, um, yeah, I've gone for B. Obviously, he made it made it happen, but. <laughs> Katie's given him an A. I can just see it by that <laughs> face. Uh, so I've given Perez an F. No, I'm joking. I've given him an A. Um, hey, he's in a red bull. Yes, but he, although, yes, he was gifted two positions promoted, he still managed to look after his tyres, make the strategy work, and made up three places in Monaco where, as we said, nothing bloody happens. So, yes, But Katie, the reason he had those positions gained is because he had a horrific qualifying well we've got we've got a's b's and c's in the chat no one can agree <laughs> okay well what well, did the fans what did say the, fan the, say? Fa the fans gave perez an a sorry uh, could you just repeat that <laughs> yeah the fans are wrong <laughs> <laughs> especially all these lovely team yeah. we love we love our fans <laughs> yeah we love our fans but they're wrong <laughs> 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 I, I have a feeling that's going to really anger some people but look if you qualify ninth and you finish fourth in a red ball the way your teammate won i know it's monaco i know it's hard to overtake but you have to qualify better qualifying is technically the race and i know yeah. there's a red flag but do better on your first run i'm sorry it's not an a lovely sorry katie oh, that's kind of going at you as well because you gave him an a doesn't matter tommy's giving me a b him a b as well so tommy you need to take i've given you a b, <laughs> me a b. Uh, yeah you've given him a b as well so hopefully no one hates just me uh, and the fans gave him an a uh, lando norris decent qualifying destroyed his teammate got a podium I don't, I don't know if there's much more you can do in that mclaren i think it's an a star i've got an a star as well yeah I'll give him a B. Yeah, I'll give him a C. Uh, no, I gave him an A star. This is what I'm... I've, I've, You know the Oprah gif where she goes, you get a car, you get a car. Yeah. I've given a lot of A stars here. So I'm, maybe it's just the Monaco effect is having on me. I'm just awarding you're only, you're anything. You're only given two A stars. It's all right. There's some more to come. Oh, oh Jesus. I know. Okay. Wow. I, don't uh, I know, know one's if coming for just... Vettel, 100%. Right. Um, yes, mm. so A stars all, all around. And Lando also got an A star from the fans. Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> it's 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 a it's a shocker of a weekend um lapped by his teammate i'm thinking if that's alex albin in the red bull last year i'm giving him an e so i i, I feel like it's gonna it's gonna have to be i've written d but i i'm actually mm -hmm. yeah now you've said e i'm almost it is positive. an e it, it was uh, where did he finish 12 12 12 yeah started 12 when people dropped out as well yeah, that's. I know, obviously, it's Monaco, but he just had no pace. Uh, yeah, looking at my great. I'm going E. Yeah, yeah, E. Gonna go E as well. I wow, Kate, okay, yes. Three E. Mm, yeah. And Sorry, the fans gave him a D. Um, next up, Charles Leclerc. 
well, that's very difficult to grade because he got pole, crashed and couldn't start the race, but you're kind of blaming that on Ferrari. Are we even able to really grade him? We are. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, diff- it's really difficult to give him a grade because we didn't see him in the race at all and we're just judging him on qualifying, but he crashed. So it's, yeah. it's a B. I've got an E. <laughs> oh, you love to see it. You <laughs> Saucy little minx. <laughs> wow. Well, I've gone for a B, but yeah, maybe I should bring it down because although you can blame Ferrari for missing a possible hairline crack, Charles Leclerc should not have binned it. So, yeah, but he crashed. But that's that's literally Ferrari's job is to is to fix his car. Charles Leclerc's job having, is to drive yeah. the car and not crash it, hun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if he crashes, job is to... and starts the race because Ferrari do their job and repair it, then we're not even discussing this. And then we're giving him a bad grade because he bottled pole position at Monaco and had to start sixth and ruined his <laughs> yeah. race for a crash. So we're still giving him a bad grade, and then he'd have finished. Well, not sixth technically sixth. That's only if no, because yeah, the gearbox true. was fine, mate. It's if they'd actually repaired. What's on the car? <laughs> I'm just looking at the comments. Now. Yeah, people are absolutely popping yeah. off right now. Yeah, it's a, it's a, either yes, Tommy or Tommy's cancelled, um, <laughs> which is no just in the between. internet. But I'm, I'm, I'm still going with E because he. Well, bottled, I don't care, Katie. Are you going to stay on with B? I'm going to go to a C. No, oh. you can't, because I'm a B, you're a C, and Tommy's an E. This is which this makes hasn't it happened a before. High oh, C, yeah. D. We can't. Can what we, does that average? Right, well, it's a E. It's gonna, from it's us, gonna be a C then, isn't it? Just let's C just from us, C. yeah. Wow, and the fans gave him an A. Delusional. Oh, <laughs> Tommy, you can't say that. <laughs> say sorry. Can I? I can see the pitchforks. You... <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got. I've got Leclerc. Um, Team LH on my back. Uh, what else <laughs> can I do? Uh, Max Verstappen's overrated. There we go. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Rory you know, Dunn in that. the uh, Rory Dunn in the the live Team WTF one live chat has just said, "Matt, you previously said don't blame Ferrari, and now you are." Fam, I, I never said I wasn't blaming Ferrari. I don't think. Did I ever say I wasn't? Blaming I said Ferrari? don't blame Ferrari. I don't pay attention yeah. to anything you say. <laughs> oh, thanks, Katie. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, so yeah, Leclerc gets an A from the fans and gets a C from us. Carlos signs. I'm going to give him an A. Got an A star. Oh, a star? Uh, oh no. Come actually, on. No, because he qualified fourth and he should have been higher. Uh, but then, but been, then, but then he's new it. and he's, yeah, he's absolutely smashed. I'm so impressed by him, but maybe an A star is a bit much. But then, no, no, I'm going A star. I'm going A star. I'm going A star as well. It's an A. It's an A. But okay, fans gave him an A star as well. Um, Sebastian Vettel, A star. A star. A star, sorry. <laughs> <Hello? laughs> I'm reading the chat. Okay, uh, and the fans gave Vettel A star as well. Uh, Lance Stroll, he also finished in the points. I think it's a B from, from me. Yeah, I've gone B. B? Yeah, people in the chat saying signs A. Yeah, like that, like that from you guys. You're Somebody said cancel. Liam Plummer said cancel the founder. <laughs> cancel, yeah, I think we should cancel him, to be honest. Bye, Tommy. That, that means I don't have to call him the founder. From uh, from here on in, right? Uh, yeah, so Stroll got given a B from the fans. Uh, Gasly, Gasly finished sixth, wasn't it? Yeah, nice. Yeah, head of Hamilton, decent race. Sonoda was absolutely nowhere, so uh, A for Gasly. A, yeah. A for Gasly. And I think Sonoda gets an E. I've gone for D. Mm. How? What do you he mean? How? He got beaten by Williams. 
did he get beaten by Williams? Yeah, he got. He was. He finished sixteenth, I think. Yeah, he pitted. He tried a audacious strategy, and it didn't work. Don't care. Um, <laughs> Don't care. The reason I'm not giving him such a low grade, like because Charles Leclerc, because he didn't, because he didn't crash like Charles Leclerc, and the um, the well, the, the drivers, <laughs> the the rookies struggled a lot uh, around the new thing, and it is very hard. Yeah, so honestly, I know I'm a fanboy, not passionate of of Yuki, but it is but fanboy, so... not passionate. Oh, at least, at least <laughs> sorry, <laughs> passionate, not fanboy. Um, it's really hard to grade him because he is essentially the only rookie in the field that doesn't have a rookie teammate, so it's very difficult as like to compare him across the grid. And it is Monaco, so that's why I've given him a D. Okay, all right, fine, D because he's a rookie. All right, low D though, <laughs> Katie. Uh, gone D as well for you. Okay, Yuki. and the fans gave Sonoda a D as well. Fernando Alonso is also getting the oh no god I've really got my oh, stop I've really yeah, got my yeah, stop there. Well. Fernando Alonso is also getting the grading <laughs> of a D. Uh, <laughs> That's just chaos. Oh, oh dear. Uh, you guys, what are you, th- what are you saying? Yeah, D, D. even potentially. Perfect. A. Let's just move on. Yeah, fans gave him a D. Lovely. Uh, fans gave him, anyway, Ocon finishing the points. Uh, Please. Managed to hold off Giovinazzi for what felt like four years. Um, so I think it's a, a B, considering his teammate was nowhere. Yeah, B. B as well. And B from the fans. Kimi Raikkonen. He was um, close 11. to the points. Close to the points, but not close enough. Uh, C. Yeah, C. C as well, yeah. Lovely. C from the fans. Giovinazzi finished in the points, just ahead of his teammate. B. Mm, yeah, it's a high B. Yeah, going to Q three, which is super impressive. High B. Wow, you were really yeah. thinking about an A there, were you? I was. For, I was. For a one uh, point finish. Interesting. In an Alpha Romeo. The Alpha. Yeah. The Alpha looked good. Yeah, it yeah. Did. The Alpha was looking good. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it was definitely a midfield car this weekend. Uh, the fans gave Joe Vinatzi a B. George Russell was pretty much nowhere. Uh, C. A pair of C's for both of the, t- the, the yeah, Williams. Yeah, both Williams, yeah. They were just yeah, nowhere. nowhere. And a pair of C's from the fans. Uh, Nikita Mazepin ended up beating Mick Schumacher, which is uh, a big result for Nikita. Um, I think I listened to Mick Schumacher's interview afterwards, and he said that he had engine issues for pretty much the entire race, which maybe allowed Mazepin to, to beat him. But they both finished three laps down, which is awful, quite yeah. disgusting. How um, bad is that? Ha- like, I know Monaco's a unusual track but yeah that is woeful Three so i down. guess uh, i think a pair of c's for those two yeah. i've gone see mazapin sure. but i don't know whether i should give mcshimekka a d because he oh, that move was really he nice, cost though. his team half a million pounds from Wait, his what? crash in FP3. he crashed in fp3 and oh, didn't right. qualifying we're going back to friday practice sorry saturday practice are we now yeah to, to miss yeah. qualifying which is it doesn't matter oh he's not going to finish he's not going to start <laughs> yeah 19. but you've got to take it into account that yeah just because you're last it's like doesn't mean that if you smash in the wall it doesn't matter mm, yeah i mean schumacher <laughs> got told to let Mazepin he got by. Told. he got told um and then apparently they wanted to switch back towards the end of the race to let schumacher ahead but has denied schumacher that opportunity which is why Mazepin finished ahead but 
not bad from Mazepin to, you know, keep it clean. I think lots of people came into this weekend with the idea that Mazepin would end up in the harbour. Um, but you know what? I take my invisible hat off to him and say that he did a good job to keep it out of the wall, unlike his teammate who managed to crash twice in the weekend. Sorry, Matt. I love the uh, chat. Yeah. It's like someone said, give Mick Schumacher an A for the only uh, only overtake. And then other people are like, D. Um <laughs> So I mean, uh, wait, wait, going back to overtakes, Giovinazzi managed a really nice overtake on that one on Esteban Ockham, which wasn't picked up by TV direction, Kelsey Breeze. So did we even get a replay, did we? He did stuff. Loved okay, stuff. fine. Mazapin C, Schumacher D. Yeah. And that's exactly what the fans gave as well. Well done. Amazing. Oh, right, predictions many. for the Monaco Grand Prix. Let's move swiftly on from that absolute chaotic ABC DF1. Probably the most chaotic, disagreeing thing we've ever we've ever experienced. My two, oh, God, <laughs> just seen. My two were Perez not in the top five in qualifying. I forgot to write that bit in in qualifying. So that's one no, point. No, that is no. lies. <laughs> <laughs> so it's right there in the document. Perez not in the top five, half a point. And the Stappen <laughs> crashes at some point in in the weekend. I'm pretty sure he must have tapped the barrier at some point during the entirety of the weekend. So that's two points for me. Congratulations to me. Well done. I've got. Neither Lewis or Max win. I uh, forgot oh, to write the even. poll, but um, <laughs> I forgot to write the poll there. Neither <laughs> Lewis or Max win the poll, so that's a point. And uh, Ricardo top four in quali, which um, he would have been top four in the Formula Regional by Alpine race. So um, I'm taking that. Two points for Tommy. <laughs> Lovely. Well, I went for most DNF so far this season. So. Eh. That's not right. And Leclerc podium. Oh, that's a jinx. Oh, wait, there's a worse one. Actually, is it worse okay. jinx than me? But yeah, I actually meant to put science podium there, so that's another point for me. Cool. Okay, so two points for me and Tommy and no, none for you, Katie. Well done. Um, <laughs> fans, <laughs> Mimi me, 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 Hopi, Charles Leclerc win. Thank you, Mimi Hopi. Me, I'm nope. blocking you. Um, Tilka tracks. Me, me, nope. somehow, <laughs> somehow Lewis out in Q2. Nope. And Dan, 02475676, Danny Rick on the podium. Good Lord, we were so off the ball. Monaco, no points. What, a, what a race Monaco is. So unpredictable. <laughs> <laughs> How do I mute you? Yeah, keep, do a nine, Jackie Weaver, keep, nine kick predi- him out. Nine predictions, none of them right. <laughs> what a race. <laughs> what a race. Um, okay, predictions for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. My two. Mercedes back to being fastest. And Stroll out qualifies Vettel. <laughs> God's sake. I find it very much the same. I've gone Mercedes 1-2, but I've gone Vettel in the point. So I'm, uh, I'm okay. hashtag believe in Seb. Mercedes 1-2 in what? The race? Oh, I should probably specify, shouldn't I? Uh, the race, yeah. Okay. And Katie? I'm but there. I, yeah, I'm but there. I've gone for a Ferrari double points finish and Ricardo not in the points again. Yikes. Wow. You really are, you know, jumping on the, the bandwagon of Ricardo in the mud. No, 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 I could be doing something. See if it works out the reverse, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, again, the reverse. Okay, come on. Right, come on. You can't can't say that now, because now we don't know what you're actually predicting. Ricardo's going to send me hate mail, thinking you're a terrible person. Yeah, he is a well... He is. I heard he's a Team WTF1 member. (laughs) (laughs) For £2 a month. Uh, Fans, 95 Moro, both McLarens to finish in the top six. Dan Castell, Perez on the podium. Mark Eras 97, a Ferrari out in Q3. There you have it. Um, well, that's done. Uh, Katie, final thoughts? 
no, why would yeah, you do this, that? Yeah, because of your Charles Leclerc bashing, you can have a you can have a final thought right now. I think I was worse, to be fair. Final thought. Um... Yeah, but I'm used to your. You're going to have to bleep that out, otherwise we'll be demonetized. Nah, S-bomb's fine. Carry on. Uh, my final thought is... Um, <laughs> hello to the Team WTF1 members. What a cop-out. Wow. I don't have a final thought. I can't think. <laughs> I don't have thought. <laughs> I don't have a brain Tommy? capacity. Yeah, just saying it's... it's it, I kind of agree with Katie a little bit that it is nice to... Uh, be joined by people during the podcast so they can correct all the uh, rubbish we're uh, chatting and we can see, oh, actually, this happened on lap 32 and not 33, so we don't have to. Uh, but no, it's very nice to have uh, people on board. And uh, Monaco is wonderful. Can't wait for it next <laughs> oh, year. Bore off. I'm glad we don't have to have another conversation about Monaco for another year. Yeah, it yeah. makes me very happy indeed. Um, yes, I echo your sentiments about having people live watching us, which is awesome. Um, it gives us a nice preview as to how much rubbish we're going to get thrown at us by the end uh, uh, when this podcast goes out so that's gives us a nice little taster as to to all the all the hate i'm going to get for certain grades in abcdf1 and so on um people are saying hi to katie oh because of oh, it's delayed isn't it no they're just my fans. i just wondered why everyone was saying hello to you i was like oh, okay anyway thank you just arrived that's my final thought apart from baku really looking forward to baku do like baku it's well given us given us some decent <laughs> given us some decent races in the past. Hopefully we get another one. And uh, fingers crossed the championship continues to be awesome. Spicy. Katie, you've not said hope. spicy yet. Can you say the word spicy, please? A spicy. And Matt, you've not said minerals. Can you say the word minerals, please? Sorry, am I your puppet? <laughs> you are now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. The contractual gun's coming out. <laughs> minerals! Right. Cool. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching and listening, especially, well, not, not especially, but it's lovely to have some Team WTF1 members uh, watching as well. If you want to get involved, if you want to join Team WTF1, there'll be a link in the description. And until next time, goodbye from myself, Tommy and Katie. Adios. Goodbye. Oh, I know my final thoughts. Sorry if I had I don't care. Stop the recording. During... <laughs> Stop the recording. Okay, cool. Bye. No, go on, Katie. Say it. I was going to say sorry if my um, screen froze and scared lots of children watching with my exorcist eyes. Goodbye. <laughs> what a lovely thought. <laughs>